Welcome to Herbal Explorations, a podcast hosted by Wilson Lau of New Herbs. Each week, we speak to leading experts about what's happening in the herbal industry. Good afternoon, everyone. I would like to welcome my dear friend, Holly Johnson, the Chief Science Officer of the American Herbal Products Association, to discuss her work with APA's Tunis Survey. For those that you don't, that don't know, uh, this is an annual survey conducted to estimate the annual harvest of certain Native American, North American herbs in commerce. I wish we had something similar for herbs all around the world. Maybe Holly, one day you can, uh, expand the scope outside of North America. We'll see. Can you tell us a little bit more about the time survey and why it's, imp- why do you think it's important to our industry? Absolutely. And thanks so much for inviting me to chat with you today, Wilson. Yeah, so the Tonnage Survey was started by APA, you know, two, two, two decades ago in the late 90s. And there is definitely a need for those types of data you just mentioned in terms of knowing everything we could about the volumes and prices and, and status of all of our botanical commodities. Um, and we, you know, we at APA share that desire to have those data and we'll look into that. But what happened is back in the 90s, Golden Seal in particular was kind of an impetus for us starting these tonnage surveys when it was uh, listed on the IUCN's red list. And their um, contention was that, you know, the wild populations were threatened. And of course, um, as an industry in general, we're quite worried about good stewardship of the land and, and conservation of native plant po- populations. And so the idea was, well, let's let's go out there and actually look. Let's actually ask the people. And because, you know, the APA members have such good connections right to the roots of the people that are, are wild harvesting the golden seal here in North America, we thought, hey, we know those people. We can go to ask them how much wild and, you know, how much actual tonnage of this plant are you removing from wild populations? And so that was kind of the genesis of the first tonnage survey. And indeed, that's what we did. And, and um, you know, it grew from there uh, to include many, many more plants. And I think at the very beginning, we we borrowed a list from the United Plant Savers, a conservation mm-hmm. organization that I'm sure you're well familiar with. And so are many of your listeners or watchers today. Uh, but Michael McGuffin, APA's president, was on the board of, of United Plant Savers. So he was aware that they had kind of a a list of commodities um, that were native North American plants, botanical commodities. And I think we started expanded from just looking into golden seal to adopting that, that United plant savers list of native North American plants. And that was kind of how the survey started. Yeah. That's amazing. I think you guys are over at 45 different species now and uh, counting, I think 45 or 47. I can't remember what the last count was, but uh, interested sidebar when after uh, the survey on golden seal in 1999 the first one uh, michael said in 2000 he said i think 15 to 30 percent of golden seal is going to be cultivated and by 2001 survey there was already 17 percent cultivated are, are you seeing uh what's are you still seeing a slight increase or increase in the amount that is being cultivated versus wild harvested what are you seeing over there in this from the survey such a great question. Thanks. And, uh, and also, you know, kudos to Michael McGuffin for always having his finger on the pulse and making predictions. Um, you know, the, the trend is, is, is there. It hasn't, um, when you look in our data, and again, um, we'll give you guys the, the links and such. You can go actually look at this report. Um, it doesn't show a complete trend, like just from all wild to all cultivated. Um, but there's certainly the, the portion of cultivated has grown. And I think, um, two production increases, and then demand, you know, there's these kind of waivers. But 
What I can say, um, if you look at, you know, one of these figures that I'm just referencing now from our report, um, back in 1999, there were 46 tons of dried golden seal root that were harvested from the wild. And it stayed pretty similar, 2001, 53 tons. And now we're down into 2016 and 17, we've only got reported 16 and 14. So going from somewhere around 40, 50 tons to 16, 14 tons being taken from wild populations. So that would indicate, and of course the demand has grown, right, in, mm -hmm. in the market overall. So um, I think that would indicate that, that we should be, you know, looking to Michael for stock tips, right? Well, so <laughs> Yeah, only if you study the stock market as uh, as much as you studied herbs, but I don't, I don't right. think we would be in a better place uh, or a richer place uh, if you did that. So I think uh, I'm glad he's studying herbs and not stocks. I think one of your predecessors, uh, Majid, said it the best. You need data to make informed sustainability decisions. So I think what you guys are doing over there is great, and it's a treasure trove of data. So I highly recommend um, people visit and actually look at the data themselves. We will try to link the site, uh, put the link in the site part, at part of this podcast later on. But uh, if you just want to go to the site, just go to oppa.org and you search around for it and uh, you'll be able to find it. Absolutely. And, and Wilson, I guess I can speak a little bit more to kind of how the survey expanded in other ways as well in recent years. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned 45 and gosh, I should have this at the top of my head. I think it might be 45 commodities with 41 species. We have some species of plants where they have different plant parts and we actually tally those as separate commodities. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we're expanding every year, adding new species that we become aware of that are entering commercial markets more. Um, what we've expanded over the past couple of years is we started um, last year asking some questions for the, two, the years 2011 to 2017. We asked questions about sustainability standards. So not only did we ask you, hey, how much, you know, black cohosh? Uh, did you <clears throat> produce this year? Uh, we also asked, was any of that certified to the national organic standard? So to, to the USDA's organic standard. Mm -hmm. And then we also asked any other eco certifications. Was that certified fair wild, fair trade? Um, you know, these types of things. So we're definitely trying to gather um, those types of, of data to kind of round out what people are doing with their, their botanical commodities. This year's survey, which is about to launch, this is such a timely podcast, right? At the uh, time we're launching the, the next survey, we also included some um, some price point data, which we think is is going to be interesting. And, and again, it's all anonymous from the producers that that submit their data. But um, yeah, and so we're at, we're looking to expand. We also added another question, leading kind of to what following on what you said before about all the commodities on Earth that we deal with in our botanical trade for for dietary supplements, not just. Um, the native North American ones. So we did add a question and about um, specifically cultivation. If if people that are primary producers here in the U.S. Um, are you cultivating plants that may not be native North American, such as turmeric, ginger, you know these types of commodities? So we made a list, and then we also have a, a, like an open box question. So we're we're starting to expand the survey into you know all kinds of different of, of different uh, types of information that can be helpful to our community and our industry. Yeah, I think, you know, just knowing what kind of certifications out there and how this material is being cultivated or wildcrafted, you know, that's going to be really important for industry because at least we know, is there such thing as an organic X or a 
fair trade acts or fair wild acts. Um, I think that's going to be really important. So I can't wait to see the survey. And if someone wants to participate, who should they talk to? Me. Um, they can contact me. We also have our wonderful project scientist, Holly Chittum. Uh, she's an APA employee and also a PhD candidate at Penn State University working in supply chain issues. And she's um, <clears throat> really managing this, this project, this tonnage survey project for us. So um, <clears throat> both of our websites are right on the APA um, website. Again, my and, and they're actually right on the tonnage survey website, too. So if you go to download the report, you'll see my address and Holly's, but I'm H. Johnson at APA.org. Um, yeah, contact us, call us by phone, email us. If you are a primary producer, if you are producing botanical goods um, at a farm level, if you're harvesting them from the forest, we'd really like to talk to you. And, you know, part of our work has been in refining um, you know, so we don't double count the same lot or the same crop or the same thing. You know, often there'll be a, a wild crafter that will then come to a distributor with their material. And we want to make sure we don't count those lots twice or those quantities. So it's really been a, a lot of work. And, and Holly Chittum, our project scientist, deserves quite a lot of credit for trying to just refine the ways we do this. But yeah, if you're a primary producer, farming, or wild harvesting, um, or even at like a distribution level, we want to talk with you. I'm going to contribute some data on Akinasia this year on this survey. So can't Great. Wait to, uh, get actually have something to contribute, to, you know, now that we have done a North American herb or two. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, Wilson. So appreciated. And also, you know, what's interesting about these data, what we have done this year with the tonnage survey and all of our past tonnage surveys is just made them openly available to the public. Um, you know, we have lots of benefits that are only for APA members, but we just know these data are so important, um, not only to our industry and our, our brands and our ingredient suppliers, but to academics, to conservation biologists, you know, to, to ecologists, to, to other people. So, We've made all these data, you know, this this year's survey as well as the last ones free and available on our website. And, and I think that's kind of the interesting thing. You know, the academics will use these data in a totally different way than, than our industry uh, colleagues, right? And if you're a brand, you might want to know, okay, I'm, I'm going to make a new product with black cohosh and I actually want to have wild harvested certified organic black cohosh. Not only like you said, Wilson, does that even exist, but... If so, how much of the market might I be, you know, trying to, to, to purchase in a given year and really helps our industry um, really think about their supply chain decisions in terms of planning in advance for botanical materials, working with primary producers and really understanding their role and, and how much of a given commodity's supply chain they might be, you know, with their hands on. Yeah, I, I think, you know, one of the things that, it's really important for brands to use this, especially if they're using North American herbs in their products. I'll give you a perfect example is OSHA. <clears throat> if you want to build a billion dollar brands on OSHA, it's probably not possible because there's not enough OSHA and you would decimate the population, the OSHA population out there. And, you know, so as you go through formulation and what products to pick and what you want to do, you can sort of see how big that yield of that particular plant on a given year is. And I think, you know, talking about that, can you tell us a little bit more about the OSHA project? And, you know, I know you're so involved in it and the data was so exciting. And sorry, I'm a data nerd too and, a, and an herb nerd. So I, 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 it was just amazing the detail and granularity um, you guys were able to come to. 
I just want to share a little bit about that. And I, I recommend everyone go read about the study and uh, learn more about it through the study. But Holly probably can give you a quick, quick 10,000 foot recap of it. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. And Wilson, this is why I love my job and presume you do too. We have so many herb nerd friends in our, in our trade, right? Um, yeah. So the, um, the OSHA study, this was something that was founded by APA's foundation. So we have a foundation called Education and Research and Botanicals, um, foundation through APA, of which you're well aware and, and a part. Um, but it basically is a, a kind of a collaboration of, herb nerds, if you will, um, but people in our trade who really care about conservation, really care about scientific data for, for our botanicals and, and come together to, to raise money for this and really, you know, to, to solicit money and to solicit scientists to continue this great work. So one of the great projects that has happened, it, um, funded by the ERB, at least in part, um, is a project with OSHA, the plant you were just describing, Ligusticum porteri. And for this, um, this was a grant that we um, awarded to a professor, Kelly Kinger, professor at the University of Kansas, and his mm -hmm. outstanding research team. He's an ethnobotanist, well-published. Well and uh, what they did is, is basically sustainable harvest impact studies. So OSHA right now, we, we'd really like our regulators um, that, that run the national forest to allow permits for, for harvest for commercial uses of this plant. Like you said, we'll not make our billion dollar company plan on this one plant. Um, but yeah, we'd like to be able to, to, you know, know what is the level that we can still sustain these wild populations so they will be there for generations to come and healthy ecosystems. But how much could we actually take out of those populations um, as Native Americans have been doing for years and, and make it sustainable? And so Kelly came up with a plan, uh, Dr. Kinsher, went out there with his research team and basically set up plots where they harvested different levels. And this was a longitudinal study over six years. So they harvested, I believe it was 10%, 30%, 60% uh, in these different intervals um, of what they can, what they first, you know, evaluated to be the mature roots in a given plot and then monitored those same plots over time. So if they took 60%, how fast, how long would it take for the, the recovery to, in this wild population? So really, really excellent data um, over time. And, you know, the Fish and Wildlife Service is grateful for, for our work. And they, um, you know, hopefully can use these data to make rational regulatory systems about, you know, levels of permitting and levels of harvest so that we can still have access to these very valuable medicinal herbs even on a commercial scale, but also ensure the conservation of these populations going forward. So yeah, great longitudinal study. That's kind of the work of the ERB. And then what we also were able to do with those data is make a sustainable harvest and good stewardship brochure for OSHA harvesters. So it's an actual like collateral that you can download. You can look at it on your phone. You can print it, that kind of a thing. And it's for the harvesters to show them hey, we now have these data that show here's the proper techniques you can use and level of harvest to ensure that you'll be able to go back next year or the next year or the, you know, the way mm -hmm. to, to ensure the conservation of these plants. So just incredible what kind of a, a relatively modest, you know, research investment um, can really have significant impacts on, on a particular botanicals commodity, um, it, you know, in our industry, its availability and its regulatory status. Yeah, I think it's a perfect example of public-private government partnership that's resulted in the responsible stewardship of and usage of a herb. And I would love to see more of this being done. I think uh, as 
year as the year ends as is drawing close to us for companies and individuals that want to make donations uh, i think appa erb foundation is a great place to donate to and what's the if I, could you refresh my memory what's the new project next project up for um that appa erb is doing and what people can do, donate to yeah, thank you so much for that. We have a couple projects ongoing and you can always make a general donation, but right now it's actually Golden Seal, the plant we talked about earlier that kind of started off our tonnage survey, um, you know, journey. Golden Seal, we've just funded a project and we have some excellent principal investigators, um, really, really experienced researchers in, um, Appalachian forest farming, all, all types of nat nor native North American plants as well as Golden Seal. So, they're doing a very similar study to the one I just described with Dr. Kinsher at, at Kansas and, and the OSHA, but theirs is with Golden Seal. So they have, again, they have three study sites and they've, they've uh, come up with an experimental research plan that, that harvests at different levels out of wild populations and then surveys over the years to, to kind of have data to determine a, a sustainable harvest plan kind of going forward. So that, that project just started this year. It was actually slated to start in 2020, but public health crisis kind of had a, a impact on, on, you know, research. And so, so they just uh, deployed here in, in the middle of 2021 and have started that five-year longitudinal study on sustainable harvest levels for golden seal. Awesome. What a way to come full circle from starting with golden seal and back to golden seal in full. Uh, Holly, anything else interesting that op is doing that you want to highlight and tell people about? Cause I think you guys do such great work on, and uh, a disclaimer, I am a board op, a board member. So um, everything I say uh, is probably slightly tainted besides the fact that I truly believe that they do great work. <laughs> yes, I mean, we both are slightly biased towards loving APA, but um, as as herb nerds, it's what's well-founded love, right? And, mm -hmm. and uh, ad admiration. Um, yeah, APA, we've got so many cool, you know, projects and initiatives going and we may be are really well known for our, you know, kind of regulatory and, and legal gravitas. Um, but of course, I'm the science nerd. And so on, on this side, we have to say, I just could not be more pleased to see kind of a broader industry focus on sustainability, as we've just talked about in this in this, you know, few minutes discussion is APA has been concerned about conservation of our valuable herbs for 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 decades. But it's really a term that's now not just referring to, you know, in, in the way that our industry talks about it, not just referring to plant population conservation or out, you know, environmental conservation, but really everything we do, right? Um, in terms of sustainability metrics and, um, you know, things like recycling and carbon usage and, and, and other things you have to consider living wages and, and these types of things. So I, I feel like that's kind of my most exciting thing when you can say, oh, what's all the other stuff going on at APA? There's so much. Um, but the, the part that I want to highlight is really our sustainability committee and our sustainability work. Um, we've got lots of projects going on in that group right now. Um, we're working on a sustainability lexicon, kind of um, collating different definitions um, in an easy-to-use resource for APA members. We're also working on some modifications to our current existing um, GMP GACP document. And um, we've got, I'm sure you're familiar with these, Wilson. We've got some tools in there that are, you know, checklist tools and question tools that you can use to evaluate um, either a single ingredient or a supplier or vendor of an ingredient, um, including a farm and, and such. So what our sustainability committee doing is really taking a look at those tools and expanding to really include some sustainability parameters. How do you assess the, the sustainability of a given ingredient or 
or vendor. So I, you know, again, herb nerd stuff, but really exciting um, in, in that committee. Also in our botanical raw materials committee in collaboration with sustainability, we do have an ongoing series of those sustainable harvest brochures that I just mentioned. So we recently published the one for OSHA that we spoke of. We also published one for saw palmetto that's out and publicly available on our website now. Um, and they're both available in Spanish version, um, Spanish language versions, and really to help the actual harvesters that are out there at the soil level. Um, and the next one we're working on again is golden seal. We golden seals are our plant of the day here, Wilson. Um, we right now will are kind of in revisions for the golden seal sustainable harvest um, brochure as well. So another kind of cool product that's around botanical commodities and raw materials and and sustainability. Yeah, and don't forget ginseng. So I think uh, one of the things that if your company is serious about sustainability and really are focused on sustainability, I highly recommend that you join APA and join the sustainability community committee. Um, they're doing great work and um, the amount of work and the brilliant minds there is a, uh, is a great community. So if you're, if your company's grounded in sustainability and join APA and join the sustainability committee. <laughs> Thank you so much, Holly, for your time today. It was uh, nice to chat with you as usual. And I look forward to talking to you again. Wilson, it's been my pleasure. Anytime. Thanks so much. And aloha, everyone. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the business of herbs and botanicals, visit newherbs.com. To keep listening to great episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, or Spotify, and make sure to give us a rating, too.